if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. It's the Fantasy Bible. It's your host, Nate Binder, coming to you from a lovely Monday afternoon. The birds are chirping, the sun is shining, and hope is in the air because it's draft week. At this point, I would typically uh, turn to my co-host, Dane, bring him into the show, but he's not going to be here for this one because he is busy crafting rockets that shall one day grace the lunar surface. It's just going to be me, and it's going to be a quick pod running through my first uh, round mock draft, the final, the official first round mock draft of the Fantasy Bible. Hoping to get some uh, some player team combinations right. Hoping to get a good quantity of the first round picks into the uh, actual first round mock here. And talk through some of these players, some of these teams, uh, as I see it panning out on draft night. Um, I'll probably get a ton of this wrong. You know, the, the most uh, accurate mock draft of all time, I believe, was Josh Norris a couple of years ago from Underdog Fantasy. And I think he got 16 picks correct, which is uh, unheard of. Normally, the, the most accurate mock draft is around 9 or 10 every year. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna try and get a, a, around there. Hopefully we'll be lucky. We'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm gonna run through it with y'all real quick. I should mention that moments before I uh, sat down to record this, Aaron Rodgers was officially traded to the New York Jets for a boatload of compensation. Um, that slightly impacted my draft order. I just have to switch a couple players around. Um, so we'll talk through that live, but it doesn't really impact the picks. Uh, the, the biggest sort of impact on this year's draft is that the uh, Packers jumped up to 13 and the Packers or the Jets dropped down to 15. Um, and I guess as far as team needs go, uh, the Jets definitely don't need a quarterback now. And assuming the Packers are good with Jordan Love, uh, they don't either. So not a, not a huge impact on this year's draft except for the draft order, which begins with the Panthers at number one overall. I have them taking Bryce Young. Um, this is just, you know, if you look at the sports books or any of the reporting that's come out the last two weeks, this is uh, not going to be a surprise to many of you. Bryce Young is uh, figured to be the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers Uh I'll add a little bit of analysis in saying that I think this is a mistake, that I think they should be drafting Anthony Richardson, uh, a player whose frame can stand up to the rigors of the NFL. I don't expect that Bryce Young 
is going to have an extensive career. I think we're going to see, uh, similar to Kyler Murray, probably a, a quick start and ability to uh, improvise, to run around back there to get it done initially, but someone who's, whose body will, will break down and continue to break down over the course of the NFL season. All right. And number two, originally the Texans were picking there. I have the Vikings trading up to select quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky. Um, Will Levis is sort of your prototypical quarterback prospect. He is uh, 6'3", I believe, Um, strong-armed quarterback, played in a pro system in Kentucky, um, had a had a fantastic year in 2021 and then uh, regressed significantly in 2022, but he was also playing through injury the majority of the year. Um, when I look at the rest of the prospects in this class, Will Levis feels like the one that the NFL is going to like the most beyond uh, Bryce Young. And uh, the Vikings are in a good spot where they have Kirk Cousins for this season, but they didn't extend him into the future. They can sit Will Levis, who is a quarterback who might need a little bit of development behind um, Kirk for a season. And then one other sort of connection to note here, aside from the the rumblings and the buzz that the Vikings are interested in trading up for a quarterback, um, Lior Cohen was the offensive coordinator for Kentucky when Will Levis, Levis had his best season. Um, Lear Cohen comes from the Rams system, and it was a very Sean McVay-style offense that they were running in Kentucky that year, and that is uh, not totally dissimilar to the offense that Kevin o- uh, O'Connell brought over from the Rams when he went to the Vikings. And so there's um, they've seen, they've got the proof in the pudding of Will Levis successfully running that type of offense. So... I, th- I feel pretty good about that one. Never, never super confident when you project a trade in an NFL mock draft, but if I nail this one, I'll be feeling ecstatic. Uh, and then for the Texans, uh, I guess it bears mentioning who were seem or are seemingly not too invested in this this quarterback class once they uh, were unable to uh, draft Bryce Young after after the Panthers made that move seemingly for Bryce Young. Um, they're fine dropping down here. Uh, and and collecting up some future first-rounders so they can potentially go after a quarterback next year uh, when Caleb Williams and Drake May are at the centerpiece of that class. All right, at number three overall, we've got the Colts trading up, making sure no one can jump them, moving up one spot to select Anthony Richardson. Um, I don't really... I love Anthony Richardson. I, I love his potential, um, and I, I agree with the analysts who say that he's actually further along than Josh Allen was when he came out of Wyoming, and that Anthony Richardson was more held back by poor coaching and poor receiving weapons than he was playmaking ability. Um, and his, you know, when you a lot of these athletic quarterbacks, we talk about. Um, how they are in the pocket like that was the biggest issue for Jalen Hurts for years was that whenever he felt pressure in the pocket he was more comfortable relying on his legs than his arm and he would uh you know escape the pocket try and make a play on the move or use his legs to pick up um, some yardage there um and even to the degree that he would be fleeing clean pockets um just because he felt more comfortable on the move you actually see a lot of that from Bryce Young as well 
Anthony Richardson has so many plays where he fights to stay in the pocket, and then when he does escape the pocket, it's it's Cam Newton running it. Yeah, so I I love uh, I don't know if this is the perfect fit, but I do like that Shane Steichen comes from Philadelphia and uh, was crucial in unlocking Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Um, so he knows what you know it, it takes to to maximize these sort of dual threat, um, athletically talented quarterbacks. Um, I think they would have liked to take Will Levis, who who does have a similar profile, but they were jumped for Will Levis, and they're definitely taking a quarterback, as uh, Jim Irsey has sort of expressed an, an urgency to have the Colts uh, be competitive and, and be in the, the top of the league conversation again, which they were for years with uh, you know quarterbacks like Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. So I like this. Uh, I like this fit. Don't love it, but I like it. One other thing I'll note is that when Jim Irsey did tweet out, you know, that they could do a range of possibilities in this year's draft, uh, and he tweeted out the pictures of the four top quarterbacks in this year's draft, Anthony Richardson was the first quarterback in that album. So uh, if you want to make that that tenuous social media link, you can do that as well. Uh, Cardinals, who dropped down to number four, I have them taking Tyree Wilson. Um yeah, I don't know. The I, I'm not a personal fan of Tyree Wilson, who is an edge defender out of Texas Tech. Uh, he has sort of the prototypical uh, edge defender size and was was productive at Texas Tech, um, but he wasn't really productive until he was older than everybody else on the field, which is a bit of a red flag for me. Um, but reportedly, the the Cardinals are much more in love with him than they are. Will Anderson, which is kind of wild, but but that's, you know, they're run by Jonathan Gannon, who isn't the savviest defensive coordinator out there, as I know too well. So Tyree Wilson makes sense to the cards at number four. At number five, we have the Seahawks taking Will Anderson Jr. and feeling pretty good about it. Uh, Will Anderson Jr., edge rusher out of Alabama, um, the most productive edge rusher in the country. Um, at the FBS level over the past couple seasons, um, wasn't as productive in 2022 because more D- or offenses were accounting for ways to stop him, but has that sort of Khalil Mack build and that Khalil Mack kind of ceiling in the NFL, and the Seahawks are happy to scoop up a, a premier talent, sit at five, and take Will Anderson Jr., um, and the reason I have them taking Will Anderson over Jalen Carter is just there's been some reports that, uh, you know, when they took Malik McDowell and he had some, he was a defensive tackle who had some legal concerns and character concerns, and that did not really work out for the Seahawks. Um, so they go with Will Anderson and Jalen Carter falls to the Detroit Lions. Um, lots of buzz about Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback, being the pick for the Detroit Lions at six here. But I don't think they can pass on Jalen Carter, and I think that Dan Campbell feels pretty good about the culture that they've set up there. And you get you know just a punishing three technique to play next to uh, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. And that other uh, – uh, apologies to Detroit Lions fans. I can't remember the name of the other late-round um, – Head rush, James Houston, James Houston, who is uh, another talent on the line there. I think Jalen Carter really solidifies the middle for them um, and is obviously the premier pass rushing uh, talent from the interior 
in this class. I would have loved for him to fall to the Eagles. Uh, outside of the character concerns, he is probably the most talented player overall in this draft, so the Lions are thrilled to scoop him up at six overall. At seven, I have uh, the Raiders taking Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Um, there was a report today that C.J. Stroud could fall out of the top seven, which I found to be interesting phrasing. To me, that's kind of saying it all kind of comes down to what the Raiders do. And if the Raiders don't pick C.J. Stroud, he might fall to a team like the Titans or who knows, uh, the Commanders maybe even, which would be you know reminiscent of when they took uh, Dwayne Haskins, I think 17th overall or somewhere around there um, when he fell to them a few years ago. Uh, rest in peace, of course, to Dwayne Haskins. Um, but yeah, so I have I have the Raiders going with C.J. Stroud. Uh, they have Jimmy Garoppolo, so they don't necessarily need a quarterback. But this just seems like um, the kind of talent, the kind of uh, passer, precision passer that would align with what um, Jonathan McDaniels is looking for out of his offense and his quarterback. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud's the biggest knock on C.J. Stroud, aside from playing in a very talented Ohio State offense with tons of first-round receivers, is that he isn't the biggest uh, second-reaction playmaker, isn't liable to, you know, have a ton of escapability or make plays on the move. Some folks say that's a little overstated, and we clearly saw his capability to do that at the highest stage in the national championship game against Georgia. Um, but... It's not like Josh McDaniels has traditionally asked his quarterbacks to do a lot on the move anyway, if you look back to you know Tom Brady, Mac Jones, players like that. So uh, I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't think McDaniels is going to, you know, try and make Tim Tebow happen again and draft Anthony Richardson. I think that CJ Stroud is a good fit for this Raiders organization. Um, so I have him going there at number seven overall. That's a pick I feel pretty shaky about, to be honest, but... I don't know. It's just hard to believe that C.J. Stroud, who is getting so much buzz for number one overall, and that's where the odds were a month ago, and that's who the Panthers reportedly were moving up for. The, the, fact, the idea that he could fall out of the top ten is, uh, I don't know, it doesn't sit well with me, so I have him going at number seven. At number eight, the Falcons are taking B. John Robinson. Um, you know, Lots of debates around where Bijan will go. Will the sort of uh, the NFL cognoscente, to borrow an around the NFL term, will they have sort of reached the 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 analysis that the nerds have reached that we don't need to be taking running backs high in the NFL draft that you can get running back production later in the draft and that you should be get, taking running backs later in the draft because they're. Um, their career lifespan is typically shorter than other positions, um, and so it's not worth that level of asset. I say, you know, there are a lot of NFL teams that uh, that are still committed to running the ball, and no more than Arthur Smith at the Atlanta Falcons. You know, if you look at his tenure at the Atlanta Falcons so far, the most impressive things he's done have been in the running game, turning Corderell Patterson into a reliable running threat and, uh, 
you know, fifth round pick Tyler Algier had some really nice moments as well last year. But I think that he wants to run this offense, especially if it's going to be quarterbacked by a second year uh, rough around the edges QB Desmond Ritter. He wants to give this offense its Derrick Henry. And so he goes out and gets that in Bijan Robinson, who's more of a, you know, a, a smooth runner, uh, isn't exactly the, the punishing guy that Henry is, but Robinson definitely has the frame to to be punishing between the tackles while also having some nice uh, pass-catching chops as well. Um, he's just, you know, if you're into fantasy, I don't, I probably don't need to talk a lot about Bijan Robinson because you're probably, you know, salivating over the opportunity to draft him in redraft and rookie draft. So I have him going top 10 to the Atlanta Falcons. If you ask anybody, he's a consensus top three talent in this draft. And so I'm just going to choose to believe that that level of talent is going to overcome, uh, you know, opinions about positions and that he'll be, he'll be going top 10. Okay, speaking about positional opinions, uh, I have um, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern going to Chicago at number nine overall. I like this fit um, because of need, of course. Uh, the Bears def- desperately need help along the offensive line to you know, prevent, hopefully prevent uh, Justin Fields from taking an inordinate amount of sacks this year and ending the season injured. Um, Skronsky is an interesting prospect because most will say that he is the most refined uh, from a from a technique standpoint, and he has all the physical metrics you would like except arm length. He has, I think, 32 and a quarter inch arms, which all you need to know is that when we had that big debate around Penny Sewell's arms and that big debate around Rashawn Slater's arms, they had around 33-inch arms. So those two players who potentially were too short to play tackle in the NFL, uh, Peter Skronsky's arms are, are even shorter than theirs, although both of them have looked excellent to this, to this uh, date. So kind of depends on, on each team's analysis here. But the thing about the Bears is they could use guard as well as tackle. Um, they're going to know this prospect well coming out of Northwestern in their geographic area. Just seems like a, a great fit for the Bears here. Honestly, this is one of the picks I feel most confident about, at least the position, if not necessarily the player. But I think the player has a huge uh, chance of going to the Bears here at 9. At number 10 overall, my Philadelphia Eagles. This was a, a tough one. Um for me, it was between three players, Nolan Smith, Devin Witherspoon, and Christian Gonzalez. I just went with my favorite of those three players, Devin Witherspoon, um, because he's got that dog in him. And I think that the Eagles are almost exclusively drafting players with that dog in them now. Uh, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, Devontae Smith. That's just that's, uh, Cam Juergens, or Juergens, uh, Landon Dickerson. They're just looking for players with that dog in them. And the biggest knock on Devin Witherspoon, who I should mention is a cornerback out of Illinois, is his size. He's around 180 pounds, um, very slight for a starting corner, although he does have, you know, the requisite length. Um, but he doesn't play slight. You know, half of his highlights are him coming down in the run game to knock someone out, uh, to blow up a screen. Um, and the Eagles have proven in the path, past excuse me, that they're uh, – more than willing to take take a, a chance on a size outlier, having drafted Devontae Smith uh, 10th overall two years ago, um, or I guess three years ago at this point. Um, and uh, 
lost my train of thought there, uh, trying to count years in my head. But um, one other thing I'll note on Devon Witherspoon is while the Eagles have uh, their top two cornerbacks set, really top three quarterbacks set, uh, with Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, and James Bradbury. Bradbury and Slay are both uh, over 30 and are expected to fall off, hopefully not this season or next season, but pretty pretty shortly here. And uh, I believe Slay is really only signed for uh, one more year. I, I need to look into to that extension. Maybe it's technically two more years. Regardless, uh, they've got an old cornerback room, and they need young talent. And so Devin Witherspoon goes to the Eagles at 11. This is a pretty chalky pick, but got to go with it. Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to the Titans. Um, now, where where this could potentially be an issue is that um, I know some analysts believe that Traylon Burks was more of a, a slot receiver than anything else, and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is projected projected to be mainly a slot receiver at the next level, but I just think you get the, the talented route runner in your building, and the hope is that with Burke's size, he'll be able to play on the outside anyway uh, at some point. So, yeah, I, I like uh, I like a wide receiver to the Titans who are, are in desperate need of receiving talent. Um, so they get the most talented receiver in this year's draft class. Um, there are There are some buzz about them being a Will Levis team, but uh, I had the Vikings with the better offer to the uh, Texans here. Um, also, I don't think that you know Texans being division rivals with the Titans would want to trade with them. And so if that number two spot, which is projected to be Will Levis right now, um, which so either the Texans are taking him or a team's trading up to get him, and I have that as the Vikings. Okay, uh, number 12 overall. What did I do here? I have the, oh, uh, I have the Texans sending the 12th overall pick to the New England Patriots for Mac Jones, quarterback Mac Jones. So Texans don't take a quarterback in this class, but they land one of the top quarterbacks from a couple years ago, Mac Jones, who has had some uh, personality conflicts with the coaching staff there in New England, coaching staff, which is also... Uh, the general management, uh, you know, group within that organization, uh, you know, pro- pro- probably to the detriment of that organization. But here we are. Um, and then they also drafted Bailey Zappi, who showed some promise uh, in, in his starts last year. So they uh, they sent old Mac Jones to the guy that drafted him, or at least was part of the front office when they drafted him in Nick Casario. Um, the and also, n- probably worth noting that D'Amico Ryan's head coach of the Texans was in San Francisco when Mac Jones was the purported favorite at number three overall by Kyle Shanahan. And then he was, uh, you know, talked into Trey Lance by uh, other staff members and, and reportedly uh, general manager John Lynch there. But I think that if. Uh, this forty or this Texans offense is going to look similar to a Shanahan offense. Then Mac Jones is the quarterback that the the coaching staff believes can run it, just based on those connections. So they they ship a first rounder off to the Patriots, who select uh, edge rusher, who 
I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll probably rely on uh, Bailey Zappi, but maybe they go after like a Carson Wentz or something like that. And then they draft edge rusher Nolan Smith, who can uh, give them some pass rush across from um, Judon, who's who's getting up there in age. Uh, Nolan Smith is an edge rusher out of Georgia, who is very undersized, around 238 pounds, um, super fast, ran a, a 43940. So uh, I think we talked about him last week when I compared him to Hassan Reddick, and that's kind of the, the speed rusher prototype that you're hoping to get out of Nolan Smith. Okay, at number 13, this pick is now the Packers. The Packers are in need of receiving weapons for now starting quarterback uh, Jordan Love. So I have a pretty chalky pick here. Uh, I have them going with Michael Mayer, who is kind of the well-rounded tight end out of Notre Dame. Um, Often described as a a good inline blocker, he's really... He's above average at it, but that's not his his main trait. He's sort of just uh, contested catchability, muscling through the catch point, um, finding holes in the zone. Um, for some reason, they they were tossing him a lot of screens. I, I don't really know why, because he doesn't really have um, above average athleticism. But he just seems like the kind of tight end that uh you know maybe it takes him a while to get the the blocking aspects down but if if you use him as a big slot receiver can be a a, a young quarterback like jordan love's best friend early um okay so we went nolan smith michael mayer now we have the patriots again who take darnell wright um yeah, I'm going to give them Darnell Wright out of Tennessee because I think they have a greater need for right tackle um, than left tackle. And Darnell Wright, um, for his essentially his level of play went up significantly when he moved from left tackle to right tackle. But it's also worth noting the context of that was, a, you know, from his uh, sophomore year to his junior year. So it could have just been you know, that natural leap in ability as players develop and not, uh, you know, side dependent. But in the case that it is side dependent, he fits in well. And a lot of, uh, you know, the right tackle only thing is the biggest knock on Darnell Wright, where a lot of uh, teams may have him as their top tackle, um, just potentially not as versatile as a player like Paris Johnson, who I have going in the next pick, 15th overall, to the Jets, who are in need of tackle help um, and definitely need to protect their, you know, 40-year-old quarterback Aaron Rodgers back there. Um, we all know that Aaron Rodgers' personal health uh, regimen probably isn't, uh, you know, akin to Tom Brady's in, in terms of longevity and in keeping him loose and limber. Uh, it, it seems to be more about, you know, opening his mind as he enters the later years of his career. So uh, they're going to need a, a stiff offensive line to protect him. Uh, Mekhi Becton has struggled to stay healthy. Um, and I think Dwayne Brown, their other tackle, is like 90 years old or something like that. So they bring in Paris Johnson, ta- uh, a tackle out of Ohio State. Um, athletic, versatile, has played multiple spots on the line. Um, some concerns about maybe his his balance and his ceiling, but you'll r- routinely see him as one of the top offensive tackles in this class. 
So he goes to the Jets at 15th overall. And now we got a little shakeup. Not a not a trade, but something that maybe isn't uh, maybe isn't in a lot of boards from from this point. And that would be quarterback. That's right, quarterback Hendon Hooker going to the Washington Commanders. Uh, Hendon Hooker is a 25 year old quarterback out of Tennessee. Started his career at uh, Virginia, transferred to Tennessee where he had great success in Josh Hupel. Hard name to say, Josh Hupel's Hupel's something like that. Uh, offense, which is, uh, I believe it's, what's it called? I don't know. The word veer is in there. It's a very uh, college offense that, you know, involves a lot of half-field reads or, you know, if if uh, one read and take off kind of options um, that aren't really don't have the greatest analog to pro quarterback uh, systems. But there's a lot of buzz around Hendon Hooker. Uh, his mindset, similar sort of to a, a Jalen Hurts from a couple of years ago, where maybe the the talent wasn't all there, but the the mindset and the determination and the grind to reach whatever ceiling that talent could potentially have is there. And so, the Washington Commanders, who have just uh, you know acquired uh, or were just acquired, or in the in the in the midst of being acquired by Josh Harris. Want to create a little, little splash, uh, new era. So they welcome in Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker, who has been getting a lot of first round buzz for better or for worse. The slide finally stops for Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez, who the you know the Steelers love drafting good corners, and they get another one in Christian Gonzalez, uh, who out of Oregon has all the prototypical length that you would want out of a corner, um, size, speed, all the other measurables as well, technically refined, but doesn't have the ball production of other corners like, say, Devon Witherspoon or Emmanuel Forbes. And also, and this is was kind of my biggest knock on him, um, doesn't have that dog in him, isn't, uh, isn't an overly feisty competitive player, which is fine, you know, um, could could definitely work out, like reminiscent of Pat Sertan in in some ways. And, you know, if, if Pat Sertan were available in this draft, he would probably be a, a top five, if not a top three selection. So Christian Gonzalez has a lot of potential, uh, but I have him dropping a little bit down to the Steelers here. Then I have the uh, Lions replacing TJ Hawkinson, who they traded away. With Dalton Kincaid, the smooth receiving tight end out of Utah, who has drawn comps to Travis Kelsey. That's a little insane, but he is that sort of natural mover, very fluid, find holes in the zone guy. He just uh, won't offer much as a blocker and is definitely going to be more of that move tight end that we've seen drafted highly in years past, Evan Ingram, uh, players like that. Although that the hope is that Kincaid uh, won't won't have such a drop rate, nor you know taken to his second team to stick on. So uh, Detroit adds to this powerful offense that they've got going up there with Dalton Kincaid. The Bucks were one of the hardest teams for me to project. I have them taking tackle Broderick Jones. Just you know he's a he's a talented um, player with a high ceiling isn't the most refined of the tackles, but maybe has the best physical traits in his body. And then just the way that the Bucks season sort of fell apart 
through their offensive line falling apart was like maybe they don't want to go through that again they have a need at tackle so i'm giving them broderick jones seahawks who who took will anderson uh, as sort of a non-prototypical edge rusher but they really need pass rush so they're doubling down and they're taking miles murphy who does offer you that prototypical edge rusher frame and length there just wasn't as productive as people wanted him to be at Clemson but you know uh, maybe Pete Carroll playing alongside Will Anderson they can get it together up there in Seattle Chargers obviously are in desperate need of a wide receiver Um, Keenan Allen ain't getting any younger Mike Williams struggled to stay healthy although a very talented player I have them taking my personal favorite wide receiver in the draft. That's USC's Jordan Addison. Um, Very, very refined route runner. Um, But also, like when I was watching his tape, got vertical really well. Like it isn't always, you know, Jordan Addison isn't the the most uh, athletically twitched up player but getting vertical is sometimes just a a matter of how you get out of your breaks where you get out of your breaks um and how you pull coverage down the field and of course how you track the ball and catch the ball that's a pretty important part too and jordan Addison has all of that to his game he won't be blowing blowing you away with uh you know contested catches that reveal his his strength but he's even he's an incredible red zone target because he has his ways of just creating space with his route running in even the you know the limited areas of the field so very productive at Pitt pretty productive at USC as well Um, I have him going to the Chargers where he'll probably instantly post a 1,000 yard rookie season uh, with quarterback Justin Herbert there also, just like the way that Justin Herbert is, that sort of robotic, like makes his drop, fires off to, goes through his read, fires off to the open player. It just seems like it's going to be a good fit with Jordan Addison the same way it's a great fit with Keenan Allen. Um, not that they're, they're similar players. I think Jordan Allison is, is a more vertical player, um, but the, the route running finesse is there. Okay, Lucas Van Ness. Um, he is joining the Ravens. The Ravens need uh need some pass rush there and with the defense that they run i think they could use a a big body like van ness who can you know play on the edge but can also you know move inside and play more of that four eye role that that the ravens like up there um more of a college front with their new defensive coordinator lucas van ness out of iowa is a edge rusher who has never started a game but that's more due to uh, iowa's practice of uh, starting seniors over their underclassmen, even you know, regardless of how talented those underclassmen might be, uh, Lucas Van Ness purely a power rusher at this point, um, not refined from a technical standpoint, and has very limited bend to his game, but can offer a, a lot of power um, through his bull rush, and I think the, the Ravens at 22 will like to take a chance on a player who. Uh, has been mocked as high as you know top 10 in other mock drafts um the texans here who have now only added mac jones to their roster really they need to get him you know that that san francisco who's that yards after catch player who maybe doesn't run exactly like his body type suggests but you get the ball in his hands he's got a big long strider can eat up chunks of the field 
And that's Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver, wide receiver, excuse me, out of TCU. And I am going to take a brief second to uh, take a sip of water. All right, thank you for bearing with me for that. Didn't want to have to go back and find that little thing and edit it out. So Quentin Johnston, um, if he went back at mock drafts last year, he'd probably be a top 10 player just for his size uh, and speed, although he didn't run as fast as people thought he was going to when he was actually tested this year. Um, but he, personally, he's kind of on my do not draft list because he's a big player who plays small. He has a lot of drops um, and isn't really a contested catcher despite his frame. But when he does get... Um, short targets like slant routes and things like that he's able to eat up ground with his long stride um yeah quentin quentin johnston um which you know makes sense he's kind of a profile's not totally dissimilar to brandon Ayuk, um so i think that's a, a good fit for what we expect to be a 49er style offense led by mac jones here okay jaguars i have them taking deontay banks uh deontay banks is a pretty standard um cornerback prospect has the ball production has the physical traits just isn't incredibly fluid a bit of a stiff hips kind of guy has to make up distance with his athleticism rather than his technique so he falls a little bit but the jags who need cornerback help are happy to scoop him up uh the new york giants just lost safety julian love so i have them replacing him with safety brian branch out of alabama one of the, the sm savviest, smartest, kind of pure football guy players in this draft. Um, just didn't run well, so unathletic safeties don't often go high, but one with the um, the talent and football intelligence of Brian Branch will fit in well with that New York Giants organization. Uh, the I, I give this, this player to the Cowboys a lot at 26 because I don't like the player and I don't like the Cowboys, but I also think it makes sense for a team that's always looking to add more pass rush, and that's Kalijah Kansi, the undersized uh, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Guy does not look like a defensive tackle. When you watch him play, he is so, so small. Wins with quickness and by darting through gaps that I don't think are going to simply exist for him at, at the next level. Um, very short arms, uh, kind of a bowling ball frame. I don't know. I just don't see it with Kalash. You can't see. Honestly, his, if if you supersized him, his build reminds me a little bit of Brandon Graham, but he he's not a power rusher like Brandon Graham is. So, yeah, not a big Kalash. can't see fan. So go uh, join Micah Parsons and, and Marcus Lawrence and all those uh, edge rushers and the Cowboys and give him give him some quickness from the middle as well. Um, the Bills need a corner, so I gave him Joey Porter Jr., who is uh, dropping a little lower in this class because he's more of um, the guy that's going to mug up receivers, really strong man-to-man -man corner, probably gets called for defensive holding once a game, um, but opposing receivers are scared to line up behind him. The Bengals uh, really need some help in the running game, I have them giving them Jameer Gibbs, which is one of my favorite fits of this entire draft. You can just imagine uh, Jameer Gibbs having an Alvin Kamara-like career with a Drew Brees-like quarterback just throwing him 
those perfect check down passes whenever uh, the defense gives that to you. And Jameer Gibbs just using his speed and athleticism as a running back out of Alabama. I don't know if I said that uh, to get yards after the catch. Uh, I really like Jameer Gibbs. A little bit on the smaller side, right around 200 pounds, but an electric talent, incredible pass catcher, and surprisingly good between the tackles as well. At 29, I gave uh, the Saints need a little bit of everything, and they need definitely need some help on the offensive line. So I gave them Osiris Torrance, the guard out of Florida, who will, is most likely going to go in this 20 to 30 range just because he is probably the best pure guard at in the class, and while guards aren't often drafted high, they uh, they do tend to go first round when they're as refined and as powerful as Cyrus, Cyrus, Osiris Torrance. For the Eagles at 30, didn't really know what to do here, so I gave them Darnell Washington, uh, tight end. I think this is most likely a trade-down spot, but trade-downs aren't really fun uh, to project it when they're trading out of the first round entirely. So, you know, Darnell Washington, uh, Dallas Goddard is currently the same age as Zach Ertz was when the Eagles drafted Dallas Goddard to eventually replace Zach Ertz um, and to run some 12 personnel stuff. Uh, Darnell Washington is actually, whereas like Dallas Goddard offered something different than Zach Ertz, I feel like Darnell Washington is, is somewhat similar to, to Dallas Goddard, and at least they're both very competent blockers, uh, big guys who offer you something after the catch point. Darnell Washington just... Um, not super productive at his time with Georgia, and there are all the, you know, reasons we, we don't have to go into that. Brock Bowers, blah, 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 why Darnell Washington wasn't super productive. But when you see someone with, with that frame, with that agility, uh, you take them and you find a spot for them, whether it's, you know, as a six offensive lineman uh, or downfield blocker or, uh, you know, a 12 personnel tight end or Dallas Goddard's future replacement. Um, so I like that, you know, it can offer some some blocking uh, ability right off the bat, like Jack Stoll does to that team, but then they can develop him as a pass catcher, um, which it's clear that they want a big receiving pass catching tight end because they've been trying to uh, uh, develop that quarterback. I can't even remember his name, Tyree someone, but a, a tall quarterback who switched to tight end and, and now plays for the Eagles. Um and then uh, Chiefs, I have them taking Mozzie Smith along the defensive line. Mozzie Smith, uh, defensive tackle out of Michigan. Kind of a similar prospect to Jordan Davis in that he had a big guy with great measurables but not super productive during his time in Michigan. Can hopefully step in, a, in sort of a two-gapping role and then add a pass rush. I think he'll play really well next to Chris Jones there. Um, and just the kind of... Um, you know, athletic talent and, and measurables that I don't see making it out of the first round. So I had to squeeze them in here. Um, yeah. So that's it. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, that's the 100% accurate first round mock draft. You can print it out and just kind of check off the boxes on Thursday night because I don't expect any of these uh, selections to go awry. This has been another episode of the Fantasy Bible. If you're tired of the draft content, or at least the NFL draft content, don't worry, because we'll be back soon with our normal array of fantasy football programming, uh, rookie rankings, mock drafts, way too early rankings of wide receivers, running backs, all the positions you know and love, 
hot takes. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But for now, enjoy the NFL draft. Thanks for listening.